Hello, leaders. It is the Thrive Leadership Podcast. I am uh, your solo host. I'm Han Solo on this episode. Brad Lominick here, checking in with you. And hopefully you're having a, a great start to 2021. And this is a, a, a special episode, a bonus episode, you might say. Uh, CJ and I'll be back on future episodes to set up and share and talk and uh, have conversations. And, and for this episode, I wanted to just give a quick intro for this conversation between Kurt Harlow, who many of you know is senior pastor at Bayside Church, one of the, one of the top dogs at Bayside. And he sits down with Don Brewster. And Don is uh, the co-founder, along with his wife, Bridget, of AIM, Agape International Missions. And they are doing some incredible work in rescuing girls who have been involved in, in sex trafficking, human trafficking, which is arguably one of the, the greatest evils of our lifetime. And so this conversation is important, not only for you to be aware of the issue and, and to be challenged and hopefully inspired by the work that, uh, that AIM is doing, but also we want you to consider to be part of a, of a day of prayer on January 31st called Amplify that AIM is putting on. And you can go to aimfree.org, aimfree, A-I-M-F-R-E-E.org to, uh, to join in, to be part of this, to sign up, to be a, a prayer warrior, to be a part of the prayer day. And we believe, and AIM believes, that uh, prayer really does change things. And they've seen a lot of miracles happen because of prayer. It is uh, crucial to the fight against this evil against human trafficking, and especially the trafficking of young girls, which AIM really does specialize in. And they're, they've got a, a SWAT team that's rescued over 1,500 young girls. They're doing incredible work. So we want you to be part of this, not only to listen to this conversation, but also to jump in on, again, January 31st with Amplify. And by the way, the, the month of January is, is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So uh, the last day of the month culminating with the day of prayer. We just felt like that was something we wanted you to know about and be a part of. So let's ju- let's jump into this conversation between Kurt Harlow and Don Brewster, the founder of AIM, Agape International Missions. Hello all, CJ and Ray here. Ray, we've got an incredible announcement for people coming up here that we want to tell them about uh, what's happening around here. Yeah, see, uh, first of all, thanks, CJ. It's the best announcement ever because it's free. Um, we, what happened, what drove some of this is this, um, businesses in America and worldwide, um, a lot of whom are good people with good hearts have just been crashed. Their future's been crashed. Their hope has been dashed. Um, I didn't realize it personally until I walked into the person that cuts my hair, which as you can tell, doesn't take a lot of time. And, and they, it's not funny, CJ. And, um, <laughs> The first time she reopened after being shut down, um, I walked in, I gave her $200 in cash. And I said, I am so sorry for what's happened to you. She, tears streaming down her face. She said, it's been so hard. She was then shut down a second time. The net, when she reopened, I went back in. Less of her employees were there. And I did the same thing. Gave her $200. Again, tears streaming down her face. It's been so hard. The third time she reopened, I walked back in and I looked at a crushed, defeated hopeless human being. And I did the same thing. And, and she said, I'm done. She goes, I can't survive the third shutdown. All of my people are out of work. I've, I can't pay my, I've lost my business. I've lost my job that, you know, and so I drove over to her place just to see it. 
and there's a lockbox on the door and all the stuff's inside and another of a million businesses who have been shut down without ever having the chance to prove that they could actually operate safely and efficiently. That was just taken away from them. And this has been heartbreaking. Millions are unemployed that maybe didn't need to be. And hundreds of thousands of businesses have been dashed and business people. And we have a ton of business people connected thrive are going, man, how, where do you find hope? How do you create a future? How do you pivot? Um, and mm -hmm. so CJ, we decided let's put together a world-class best lineup ever uh, business conference. And because everybody's hurting so bad, let's just make it free and give it to everybody worldwide. And so yeah. that's exactly what we've done. And CJ, I mean, You've helped put this thing together. Who's on it? Yeah, we've got folks like Simon Sinek, Patrick Lencioni. We've got Elizabeth Maring. We've got John C. Maxwell, just to name a few of the voices that are going to be resourcing this business leaders who desperately need strategy, you know, insights and, and other resources. So we're really excited about this. Yeah, it's exactly right. We have developed a 12-step plan we will give you on there for how any church or business can help other businesses. Uh, we have we have seminars on pivoting. We've got seminars on finding funding. We have seminars on what to do if you're chapter 11. Do you, what do you do about that? We've got seminars on how to reopen, how to recreate momentum, how to grab attention. And, um, and the date of this, CJ, is... The date of this is January 28th, and it's a full day starting at around 9 a.m., and uh, it'll be going you know, to 4 p.m. Or, or longer. That's right. And, and the la by the way, the last time we did this, we decided to take Thrive and put it online. And, and the reason we did that is this. Somebody asked me recently, what's the number one thing you've learned about leadership in the last decade? And I said, that's easy. Nothing great happens through you until it happens in you, which means I have got to put myself in settings where I am learning new things, being challenged, being encouraged, because when something great happens in you, all of a sudden it creates a future. And I actually believe this, CJ, the only people that have a great future are people that actually let their hope get ignited and operate with fresh vision. And we hope this gets them to them. Now, if they want to register themselves, their friend, pass it on to other people, how do they do that? Yeah, they go to thriveconference.org. They'll see the Thrive Business Leader Summit right there. It's really simple. And again, we want to stress this is free for you and your team and anyone else that you know. If you're a pastor, this is an incredible way for you to sort uh, support the business community that's in your church or around your area. So we've made this free again for you and uh, in your community. So thriveconference.org, uh, you can sign up now. Hello, my friend, Pastor Kurt here, and I hope you're enjoying the Thrive Conference. I sure am, and I'm learning so much. Here's the thing I want to say at the start of this segment. Uh, 30 plus years of ministry, I don't call a lot of people heroes. I am here with one of my absolute heroes in the faith. Uh, he's a man who his rhetoric uh, matches his actions times a thousand. He's just really an inspiration to me. And I'm here with Don Brewster of AIM, and uh, Don, thanks for being at Thrive Conference, and thanks for everything you do to stop and heal all of the problems associated with trafficking in our world, my brother. You doing good? How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks, and I'm blessed to be here. Just as, and it's so cool 
how Bayside has been able to draw so many people around the world to something like this. It's awesome. Well, I hope we're drawing thousands and thousands and thousands of people to this cause right now and a renewed commitment. So in 2005, you and your wonderful wife, uh, Bridget, you had a cushy executive pastor job in a suburban church. And uh, then you made a massive life change. Tell me the story. Just help people get to know what in the world caused you to do this and what in the world are you doing? Well, we decided to go on a mission trip to support uh, people we supported through the church. So right. went to the Philippines. Great. We loved it there. And then the senior pastor said, while you're in the neighborhood, why don't you go to Cambodia? And so we were there. We did leadership training. It was a really tough trip, to be honest. There, there, there was a, an oppression there, a darkness. And traveling a little ways to, was very hard. But we were blessed by the people we got to work with. But when we got on the plane to come home, my bride says, thank God we never have to come here again. Mm. And uh, Famous <laughs> last words. Right, yeah. And so... But when we got home, we saw a uh, Dateline special on children for sale in Cambodia, and it just hit us. We couldn't believe that we were there. We spent two weeks. We talked to literally hundreds and hundreds of people, and no one brought it up. Mm. And God really hit our heart about it that, you know, we have, uh, we have seven granddaughters. We have three daughters. And we said, you know, wonder if somebody knew about our kids right? And, and could do something and didn't. And so we got praying about what could we do? Uh, long story short, we went back with a team of experts to Cambodia and we found the biggest need right then was for aftercare, that girls that were being rescued were actually being put back into mm. prison mm. With, uh, with the people that hurt them. Mm. And so we knew that's what we had to do. And we came back and sought somebody that God would send because yes. obviously we weren't going to yes. go back, but he didn't send anybody else and finally got through to us. It was it was us. So we sold what we had and uh, moved to Cambodia to start a aftercare center for girls rescued, which now is literally ministering to so many girls. And when we first started supporting you guys, I remember at Bayside, the, our teams would go over there and they'd come back with stories and go as they're walking down the street where you started your ministry in Svipak they would be propositioned three, four, five times. I went just a year ago, a little bit more, a year and a half ago. And man, walking down that same street, I saw kids rollerblading, laughing. There wasn't anyone propositioning me in that area. Now there's a lot of work to be You guys have done an incredible transformation with the Lord's help. Tell me, who are these girls? It's mostly girls. It's, it's mostly girls. And uh, they're girls that come from families in poverty. Mm. Uh, in Cambodia, has the largest um, uh, group of stateless people in the world, Vietnamese, mm. ethnic Vietnamese born in Cambodia, but have no identification with Vietnam or Cambodia. And for that reason, they can't get employment. Uh, they can't buy property, and they live in these floating houses on the on the Tunglesop River. Mm. And they are those kids are super vulnerable to being trafficked. Yeah, they're just literally no one's people. They're just stuck in a no place land. And and you guys have reached in there. Tell me a little bit about uh, the school. When I got there, we've been helping you. Bayside, we've taken offerings and literally millions of dollars. And I expected to go and find. A couple stories, 
10, 15 classrooms. Tell me about this school of yours. Yeah, and it, it's, it's crazy what God did because one of the things we found, we have to prevent it as yes. well, right? Yes. Not, not just yes. rescue kids. And so one of the big ways was to get these kids in school, into a Christian school. Right. So we, we had access with their families that we could monitor what was happening with not just the kid in our school, but their siblings and, and through the school. So we gave them immediate protection that way. Right, right. We gave them long-term protection in the fact that we were giving them a high-quality education Yes. that would break that cycle of poverty their family was yes. in. And then eternal because they were coming to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. That's so amazing. And then at one point you gave Pastor Ray a call and said, hey, we need you guys to buy us a SWAT team. Tell, tell me about, what, what's the reason behind that? And tell me that story. Well, what we found is like, we came to do the, the restoration, right? Aftercare. Right. Yes. Well, then when it came to aftercare, we thought like, well, all of a sudden you've got these girls to be reintegrated. Well, what happens to them, right. right? And so we realized we actually started employment centers where the girls make shirts, they make bracelets, they, we give them good employment. Uh, and Bayside buys tens of thousands of those shirts mm. to use for your special events. And then, so we got that covered and then we, we looked at a pre, uh, prevention in other ways, right? Like we started a gym to recruit bad guys, right? Right, the guys who were this. trafficking. Yes, and they, part of the gym was being introduced to Jesus. And now we have over forty guys that were trafficking in the past that are now protecting girls. That That's are not, awesome. And they have an influence on, in Don. the country, so it's so cool. But then we found out, being in Swipok, where we were, we had the best intel. Mm. on where kids were being trafficked. And we were giving this intel to another organization and to the police. And what we found out is we gave that information 18 times in a row. And every single time the information was corroborated, a raid was scheduled every single time it was tipped off. Mm. And that's when we decided we're going to need our own SWAT team. <laughs> okay, no, wait, <laughs> this is what I love about Don is he doesn't just go, let's go get that one girl. He goes, let's go love on the guy that could be the trafficker. Let's actually dismantle the poverty by starting a school. And that's not enough. I'm going to start my own wing of the police force. This is just amazing. Well, and it was, it was crazy for us, too, because I actually made a proposal and I gave it to other organizations yes. that were in the rescue business, but everybody laughed when they saw, they said, the government won't approve you having your own SWAT team. And so I said, well, I'll just go. And I happened to know the general over anti-trafficking. So I took it to him and it was a pretty thick proposal. And I knew he was going to say no, right? You, right. You're not gonna, so right. I have to be ready to argue. Right. And so he took forever, one page at a time reading. It was killing me the whole time. <laughs> And when he finished it, he goes, let's do it. <laughs> I was a little upset. I had all these arguments. I thought, like, wait, let me tell you why. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But within a month, we had government approval. But all we needed was $250,000. Just a quarter million dollars. That, right? And that's when I got the call from Ray. And because you guys stepped up. 
in the, in the last five years, we've rescued almost 1,500 kids, put over 400 bad guys in prison, mm. and in a preventing many more because all those places where the raids were are now shut down. That's amazing. So it's, it, it, it's doing- That's really amazing. Great, great job, Don. Now, I have to say, this is all good news, and we have celebrated a ton. Um, when I was with you, I got a privilege of seeing the school. It's huge. It's, it's area changing, huge, this school. Uh, but then we went to the rescue center itself. And uh, just tell me about the rescue center. Well, when you go there uh, and what you saw really... The, first of all, it's shocking, isn't it? It's overwhelming to see how, these how are young the girls are. are, right? Yeah, they're just babies. But then you get to experience God working miracles in those lives. Yeah. Because you could see the joy in their faces, right? You, who looked like the guy that hurt them, mm. but they knew that in that aftercare home, only safe people would come. Mm. Only, and they were learning. They were learning that it isn't all men. Right. Mm. There are men that they can trust. They were and honestly, we have cutting edge therapy and I think that's great. Yes. But I don't think that's ever healed anyone. Mm. Right. In therapy, these girls learn I have value. Right. right. They, they understand it intellectually yes. Yes. that they have value, but that doesn't transform them. Mm. When they experience being valued, when they experience the unconditional love coming to our staff, through the house moms, that's when the transformation yes. comes in. And you get to see that when you walk yes. into that aftercare home. So I just wish everybody at Bayside and all our supporters could come and see it because it's yes. amazing to see it first. It is life-changing. It's life-changingly sad and life-changingly redemptive at the same time. As you're walking through, you're seeing the age of these girls. You're seeing the stages that they come in and you're seeing the joy and the redemption that's in their life. Um, I wanna talk about something real serious here, Don, and I know this is close to your heart and you've kind of gotten to an age and experience in your ministry where you don't care what you say, which I love about you. Um, but if you were to talk to the American people and the American church especially and say, we own a part in this. It's the, the trafficking is just not bad guys somewhere else over there. What is the epidemic behind this epidemic? It's pornography. And it's, you know, the research shows that it's just as bad, just in what, when I say bad, used as much within the church as it is with outside of the church. You're dealing with organized crime, which is behind much of the distribution, right? And you're committing adultery. Mm. All that happens when you click on it and the result is the rape of children and women around the world. It literally is, happens when you click to that porn site. And within the church, there's a great opportunity because if the church would begin a movement, hmm. if it would address the pandemic of porn within the church, it can have a major impact. You can have a global impact without even leaving your home by bringing this up as an issue, by talking about it and providing, the resources are incredible, right? Mm -hmm. That are already there to help people overcome porn because you fall into, in, within the church you fall, I'd say, into two basic categories, right? And, and since uh, I'll just be real, the stupid and the addicted, mm -hmm. right? And the stupid, 
we men that are stupid don't understand the harm that we're causing, mm. not just to these girls and women, but within mm. our own family and our own yes. community, yes. right? And so we just need to be educated. Mm. We, we need, it needs to be brought up. Uh, the addicted need more help mm. if we're going to get them off it. But what we have to do is bring it into the light because it's Satan's perfect tool. Mm. The shame and guilt, Christian mm. men, Christian pastors, mm. Right. Feel you have a fear of getting caught. You have the guilt of using it. You get the shame that's involved. And so it's hidden. Mm. It's not addressed. Mm. And if the church would begin addressing this issue, it could have an impact on families within the church. It could have an impact within that community and it could reach out globally and actually reduce the amount of abuse that's coming to women and children around the world. It's pretty, it's an amazing opportunity that we have. Don, we've been involved with you for many years now, and um, we don't we don't think of you as someone we support. We think of you as us and us as you. And sometimes I worry that this issue of trafficking, uh, it kind of, we kind of, in the church, it kind of went like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I worry that it's going like this, that the interest is going like this, or even in decline. What's your sense of the church's response, especially to a hard-hitting message like we got to talk about pornography, um, and that even though we're making so much progress in SPIPOC, there's a lot of work to be done. Are we in decline on awareness in this issue? Are we still rising? Are we plateauing here in the church? I I think it it varies, because being involved, right, in, in, in... being involved with churches around the country on this issue. If you look at who's been involved, I do sense a little bit of a a decline. But what is amazing is when I go out and speak, how many people are still unaware? Yeah. And I think think that's the the good thing that we have before us. And I think what we... um, if we can take the lessons we learned have learned in Cambodia and share them elsewhere, yes, like we're planning to do in the United States and in Belize, actually, we want to start. You can see the miracles of a holistic approach uh, in the story of one of our girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you take you take this girl Toha, who was trafficked by her mom. Right. Uh, she is actually the inspiration for our SWAT team because she we she called us and said, I'm trapped in this brothel. Please mm. come and save me. Mm. And we gave the information away and she wasn't rescued. Mm. And we have a backup plan in cases like that. We go and we just lie to the brothel owner. We say we want to buy this girl. We negotiate a price. She comes out. We throw her in the car, take off and don't pay. <laughs> But that doesn't shut down the brothel. Right. Another girl takes her place. Yes. So, so she was the motivation for the SWAT team. But how she ended up getting rescued is amazing. She, she's, the brothel owner knows that she is, uh, has called us. And he moves with the police. He moves the girls to a new location. Mm. And we know this, but we, can't, we don't know where she is. So plan B doesn't work. And the brothel owner comes into her and he goes, I know it was you. Well, listen, I own you and I own the police and you're never getting out of here. Mm. And her response was, I'm not worried about it because AIM's coming to get me. (laughs) And what's amazing is we're nobody, right? And the guy says, well, if they're coming, you can go. 
He unlocks the door, takes her out, puts her on a bus and sends her back to us. That crazy miracle like that. <laughs> she goes through our restoration process, right? She finds healing. And, and when she's reintegrated, she goes in working in our employment center making bracelets. Mm. And she's awesome, but she wants to become a social worker. So at night, she goes to school studying social work. She gets promoted And now she's a social worker on our SWAT team. So when they bust into a place, the first girl who talks Mm. in the first place is somebody that knows everything of what they're going through. It's amazing. And and just just a little more to that story that's kind of cool that shows her healing. In Cambodia, a girl never reaches out to a boy. Right. Right. Well, she was she worked in the employment center and she liked the manager there, but she couldn't because right. it was her, this, this kind of cool. It shows her healing in Cambodia. A girl never reaches out to a boy. Right. Right. <laughs> now, the manager, this cute Cambodian guy comes over to me and asks me, is it OK? Can I take her on a date? And I say, uh, no. You, not a date, but a, you go with your friends right. and she goes with sure. her friends, right? That's yep. okay. So we do that for a, a, like a month. And then finally on his first day, I say, yeah, go ahead. You can go on a date. And he shows up and her mother and siblings come with him <laughs> on their first <laughs> official date. But they're engaged now. And when I go back to Cambodia, I, I'm going to uh, officiate the service for their wedding. What a story. Right. A story. From, from that victim, right. To, to releasing victims, to complete and uh, total restoration. Yeah. Don, there are so many stories I know you have about this. Where can people learn more information about AIM? Uh, I know as a conference, we're going, we're doubling down on helping you guys out. How can people learn more about your organization? Well, you, you can go to the virtual courtyard right okay. here as part of the uh, a part of the conference. You can go to um, our website, agapewebsite.org, and you'll find lots of ways that you can get involved. And, and I, I want you to know that this, this COVID thing has made trafficking worse. Mm, now, really? More and more kids are at, uh, at risk because while the disease hasn't impacted Cambodia, People aren't coming, and tourism is the number one reason. And what's happened, uh, we have a, this is what our, our rescues look like today. We got that photo, you guys. The six girls. There we go. That's our most recent rescue. Wow. Look at the age of these girls. Wow. And that's what's happening time and time again now. So thankfully, we are rescuing them. But there's a, another type of rescue going on. And w- because of the uh, no income, the specific example is recyclers. A lot of these stateless people, they can't get jobs, become recyclers. And they recycle like it in Siem Reap, where the tourists go. Well, no tourists, no, no recycling, recycling, right? So they don't have any money. Now, we're, our guys are going out kind of like first responders meeting needs in the neighborhood, in these poor neighborhoods. And they met up with one family and their request was, can you give us $25 to ship our child? Because we're selling them, Mm. we're selling our child. And of course our people said, 
No, 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 no. We'll we'll make sure you have food if right. that's if you need food. And right. so not only do they deliver food, but they deliver the love of Christ. And and you can see this family here. This is the second picture. Standing in front of the place, they rent that for fifteen dollars a month. Oh. That facility they're in. But what's cool? What's cool is a bag of groceries rescued that little girl. That's amazing. Right. So. Can we go back to the first picture just for a second? I just. It's not easy to look at, but it's not going to change unless we look at it. It's, uh, if you, and I won't share, but if you could know what was done to them, it's far worse than rape, which was done to each one of these children and the foreign pedophile that we caught, and he's now in jail. Who knows how many more? It, mm. These six just happened to be with him that day. And what, yeah, it's, it's uh, the only thing that can keep you going is the stories like, like yes. Tohas, right? That you know yes. that if you don't, if you persevere, yes. that God will bring good from it. Yes. But at the moment, when these kids are rescued, and when you learn the pain that they've been through, you'll do anything you can to stop it. Well, Don, we wanna thank you for doing anything you can. And I wanna pray for you and your whole organization. We're not done fighting this fight and uh, you guys need the strength. And so let's just pray. Lord, I thank you. I know Donna Bridget are just the tip of the iceberg of so many social workers and fundraisers and business people that are making this ministry effective. Father, we pledge to not give up until not one child is being trafficked in our world. Strengthen aim and use us to do it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again to Don for the incredible work that you and your wife, Bridget, are leading. You started, and now you've got a team. Uh, I was with their team a, a couple of months ago, actually. Sit down with them to think through strategy and talk about uh, creating more awareness and, and how to make more leaders aware of their work. And so I'm excited that this day of prayer, Amplify, is going to really rally many of us as Christian leaders to to jump in and to, uh, to raise our voices, not just to raise our voices in prayer, but also to raise our voices in awareness. So again, go to aimfree.org, aimfree.org. You can sign up to be part of the day of prayer on January 31st. Amplify is the name of this day. Uh, we really appreciate the work of, of the AIM team. Thanks to you as a leader for leaning in. And uh, the thing about leaders, leaders, is that when we're made aware of things that are happening, that that uh, are evil and that are not right. Our job is to fix it. Our job is to create solutions. Uh, when we see problems, uh, we, we don't turn away. We actually um, figure out ways to be part of the solution. So that's what we're wanting you to do. And we want you to jump in on this. Thanks again to listening, not only to the Thrive Leadership Podcast, but uh, being willing to listen to, to myself and, and many others who are on this podcast. Hopefully it's helpful for you. We want you to lead well. We want you to have a a, uh, a, a thriving church, and for you to be a healthy leader. That's our goal on this podcast and through the Thrive Movement. So until the next episode, lead well, friends, and we'll talk to you again very soon. <laughs>